And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Frontier. <laughs> this is a discussion about the United States Space Force. <laughs> because why not, right? Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us. I know I'm a little bit late. All right, so the 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 topic for today uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun, uh, a little, a little, a little fun. Happy to have you here. The live chat's open. Comments are open if you want to join the conversation and share your thoughts. My name is Jason Hudd. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me TV, Sci-Fi For Me dot com. And we're going to talk about uniforms today. There we go. Uniforms. <clears throat> I need to... Say hello to everybody who is listening to us as a podcast. Uh, if you have that as your preference, we do have a number of players where you can find us. Uh, we're on a lot of social media, all the social media. One of these days, I may go through every single one and, and pop it up and show you all of the different social medias where we're located. But if you do a search of sci-fi for me, uh, we will be there. We're on, uh, we're on a lot of them. And this actually, today's discussion might give me a chance to, to highlight our Pinterest boards a little bit, maybe, possibly. So, earlier this week, uh, we got uh, an announcement. And before I get to that, uh, just a real quick programming note. I did, I did get told that YouTube apparently is still uh, up to their shenanigans and, and some people are not subscribed anymore when they were subscribed and thought they were subscribed. So double check and make sure that your subscription is still active and you have your notifications turned on because we will be going through a bunch of things and we'll be announcing various different uh, things having to do with this channel and uh, the various programs that we've got. Uh, Salacious Crumbs, we're reorganizing a little bit. We're going to be changing up the schedule, so uh, be looking for that announcement coming soon. In the meantime, let us take a look here, because uh, this, this news has been circulating amongst the social medias this week. A lot of comparisons being made between the real-life item... And the science fiction item, uh, the Air Force Association Airspace and Cyber Conference was going on this week, and 
the United States Space Force. Uh, during the conference on opening day, September 20th, Chief Master Sergeant of the Space Force, Roger A. Toberman, unveiled the new rank insignia. And then we got new uniforms. So let's let's look a little bit here real quick at the new at the new rank insignia because that's rather interesting. Let me see if I can find where it is here. Uh, this one. Here we go. All right. So here is the the Space Force's new rank insignia. This is this is for enlisted people. And for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, um, you should and if you're interested. Uh, you should check out our video. We'll be posting uh, this. And uh, in, in, it's okay. It's it's a variation on a theme. I mean, you've got the rockers and the chevrons like every military outfit from the United States. And the orbital chevrons they're calling. And you've got the Vandenberg, Vandenberg stripes for the, for the specialists. And, of course, prominent in all of it is the Delta. Now, the Delta it's, itself is a design that has been part of the Air Force and the Space Command and a lot of that operation for a number of years. This, this predates by a lot uh, the, the Delta that's used on the Star Trek uniforms that we saw in the, in the original series. This de- the Delta, the use of the Delta, has been part of... Air Force and Space Command and NASA for gobs of years before Star Trek ever ever became a thing. So I know a lot of people want to make it out to be the Space Force is copying Star Trek. They want to make a Starfleet. We're going to be the Federation of Planets and mock as much as you want. But this is a thing. And it really, honestly, it does make a certain amount of sense because right now uh, you have areas of responsibility. The space part of our responsibility in the Air Force, I say our responsibility, the Air Force responsibility of space kind of kind of goes with air superiority, but it does make a certain amount of sense to set up a division, especially if we're going to be headed out to the moon or Mars at some point, because China's out there too. At some point, there may be conflict. And we need to be prepared. Now, this is a, this is a discussion that I've had with a few people with regard to preparation, because if you have uh, a set of circumstances, if you have a number of incidents, whatever that is, you have a number of incidents that leads you to suspect something worse could be coming, then you prepare for that. Whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going into my my annual physical with my doctor. I'm going to be prepared for bad news because I haven't been eating right. You know, it's that it's, it's, it's a mental thing. You get in there and you say, all right, I'm going to prepare myself for this. And 
safety concerns, job concerns, thing, you know, getting along with people concerns. There are there are a number of different situations and circumstances where you sit there and you say, okay, I'm going to prepare for the worst, even even if it's not likely to happen. I'll be prepared for the worst, and that way, whatever happens, I'm ready. And if the worst doesn't happen, then great. At least, you know, I prepared for nothing. But if I'm not prepared for the worst and the worst happens, I don't want to be caught flat-footed, so I'm going to prepare for various different scenarios and circumstances and, and, and contingencies. So at some point, I anticipate, and this is probably going to be past my lifetime, but at some point I do anticipate that there will be conflict in space. Because it's a natural progression of the us versus them that that feeds a lot of the different uh, arms race, space race. I mean, the International Space Station is a really cool project, and it's it's a it's a great example of cooperative effort. But the Chinese are off doing their own thing, and I don't know how far India has gotten on their space program. But there are competitors, let's say, and at some point, some of those people may not like us very much and may take steps. So it makes a certain amount of sense to have the Space Force as its own thing uh, outside of the Air Force. So now you have this, you have uh, now the, the reveal of the insignia the rank insignia for all of uh, for all of these guys, and it looks pretty much just like what you would expect. And in in a space force, I mean, the Vandenberg stripes are are straight, and your commission, your non commissioned officers, your you know your senior master sergeant, master sergeant. I mean, it does kind of flip because the chevrons are on the bottom and I'm used to seeing the chevrons on the top and the rockers on the bottom I don't you know it's it's a thing it takes getting used to but here they are um Mazur says I'm surprised CBS Paramount didn't try to sue over the logo just to be petty <laughs> well you know 25% it, the the space force the space force insignia the badge is is at least twenty five percent different from the Star Trek Delta so they can get away with it right so you have now the the enlisted and non commissioned officers ranks we don't have and I haven't seen anyway we don't have a list of the officers the commissioned officers rank insignia. But we do have a look at the new uniform. This is the service dress uniform, uh, which if I understand... Now, I have not been in the military, uh, so my understanding of service dress and mess dress is a little fuzzy. I, I don't think this is the, day, the daily uniform, maybe. I think this is a dress uniform. I mess what? I'm saying yes with you. So it's like one of them gets married. Like so, 
Okay, so somebody tell me what's the difference between mess dress and service dress? That's the that's the the thing here. Um, that's the that's the question that I've got. All right, so this was revealed on the twenty first. Uh, General John R- Raymond unveiled the Guardian Service dress prototype. It's a modern uniform. Mess is for ceremonies, not utilities. All right, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, <coughs> so this is the this is the dress uniform, and the the obvious comparisons are being made to Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica because of the lines of the uniform. I mean, you look here and you see uh, the the jacket. Uh, extends down past the waist and I'm looking at this and and the men's cut the men's uniform looks a little bit better than the women's uniform and it's not it's not just because of the pants the pants now I'm this is a prototype so I imagine it'll probably go through one or two more iterations before it's actually officially adopted and rolled out but this is the this is the prototype but if you look at the cut of the pants, um, this this looks like, hey, we've got a couple of uniforms. Let's find the people it fits the best because they're not tailored. Um, they're not the the pants just don't look right. And I I have to think that that's because the, it's a prototype, and every uniform would probably be be made to fit you'd find a uniform that would fit you i would expect i mean it would only make sense but you've got the you've got the um the six buttons at six figures into a lot of of what the space force has been doing it's the sixth service and and that kind of thing and i look at this and a lot of people are making the comparison to battlestar galactica as far as the way the buttons are positioned and the and the coloring and all of that, but if you look if you look at these uh, if you look at the men's uniform, you see it goes it drag the jacket goes below the waist. This is the typical cut the the we had we had uniforms like this in uh, in marching band uh, where you have the the hem of the jacket at the wrist where you can just you wrap your wrap your fingers slightly around the hem of the jacket and that's that's the length it should be. And the men's uniform looks pretty good. The women's uniform, she's wearing this jacket. It's it to me it doesn't look long enough. It's kind of hanging out there over her over her her middle torso. And it just it just doesn't. It might be the way she's standing, with her shoulders pulled all the way back. She's got her back arched a little bit, so maybe that has something to do with it. But it just doesn't. It just doesn't look exactly right. And the irony is that, according to the reports, the Space Force designed the women's uniform first, which is a surprise because it doesn't look like they got the women's uniform quite. Right. I think it needs one more pass. I think the jacket needs to be longer. And if you're going to do that, now the men's jacket looks okay. 
if you're going to do that, maybe it needs a belt. I don't know. I This is not my area of expertise as far as costume design and uniform design or anything like that. But I look at these, and yes, you've got comparisons with Battlestar Galactica with the thing, but they also do look like the Star Trek II uniforms, the maroons, uh, from Star Trek II, III, and IV, and V, and VI. And this, whatever this little insignia is here at the at the middle of the torso that could be a that could be repurposed and made into the belt buckle you could do that i don't know exactly what this is this looks like it's the it looks like it's the um the space force insignia in some sort of a pin style uh you've got the You've got the salad bar up top here with the name the name tag underneath. The name tag has six sides. It just it just looks in different. It needs another pass because the women's the women's outfit is I don't want to say it's not flattering. It is. I mean, it, it, it looks fine, but the jacket, that's what's bugging me is the jacket's too short. I don't know. Mrs. Boss, if you have thoughts on any of this, is that, does that women's jacket look too short to you? Is that, it, it does? Okay, because I'm thinking it's just me, but I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it seems like, and for the for the women's uniform to be the first one that they designed, you would think that they'd put more time into it and sit there and go, well, you know, hey, let's let's do this. Because the women's uniform, it just looks like it's kind of just hanging well, on her. May I? Yeah. Am I on? Yeah. Okay. She looks pregnant. I hate to say it, but like you talked about with the length, he does... His works out. It goes to his hips and covers down. Mm. Now, mind you, the pants are so ill-fitting. She could stuff that and be bigger than him. But, you know, even if those were form-fitted, where that sits, where it's tailored in at the waist, it is the same as a maternity shirt. Because as of right now, the way where it drops and with the shadow, you can see it's sticking a little bit. Yeah. And being in the military, I highly doubt she's got anything to that effect going on. But from here, and I hate to say this because I'm one of those people, you don't say anything about a woman being pregnant until she's carrying the baby and even like in her arms. And even then you don't say something. Yeah. And in this here, it does look like a maternity shirt. It needs to be tailored in a little bit more at the hips like his are. But I understand women have curves. What? I know. Wait, Go figure. You, wait are you saying that men and women are different? Yeah, I know. Oh. Go figure. Wait, am I allowed to say uh, that? Cam, Cam113 makes a point here. I think the women's short version looks better. The fit is the problem, not the cut. Is, is And that it, could fix it. it. Could I be, mean, that's the problem yeah. is that... but And that's where they're failing here is that he is all slim straight i mean even look at the gentleman who's doing the presentation and how his is cut yeah but his is a completely different his is thing. completely I mean, different jacket, and jacket. it just 
it, hers it's is ill-fitting and his hers is even more ill-fitting hers looks like it was meant for someone else that she's having to fill in that, for that day that's a possibility but it also looks you know, the way you're talking about you know the cut at the waist it does look like that cut it's it's tucked in a little bit higher than the waist I don't know. I think I if if it just had maybe another two inches because you see here where where his where his hands are where the hem of his jacket is relative to his hands, and you look at the hem of her jacket relative to her hands. Her jacket cuts out right there where the stripes on the sleeves are. Let me ask you this. It's it's decidedly shorter. Yes. Let me ask you this. You talk about two inches, two inches, two inches here. But Two inches can make all the difference. It folks. can make a difference. But would you go, if the pants were actually fitting, would you go two inches up or two inches down? I would make her jacket longer. Would I mean, I mean, you, I could see them doing that, but I could also see if it was properly tailored, having it shorter, like cardigan style length. Yeah, because if you look because at... Because as a woman, I mean, yeah, this one here that they do, that's fine and everything. But if you take like, and I'm thinking about the old Air Force ones, like the one that my father got married in, he was in the white and black uh, dress and yeah, those came again, to the waist. And for a woman, you can get away with that. I think part of it too is the, the way it wraps around because you've got the buttons going up the side and not down the front. The, the 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 gig line as they call it um, doesn't seem to be right in in the right place and cam cam makes a good point a formal uniform being longer is fine a duty jacket should be shorter and and that's that's a good point too because if you look at the um, what the the US Army the old Ike jacket uh, which is just yeah. you know it's cut at the waist and it doesn't go any any further it's a shorter it's a shorter jacket that Eisenhower wore a lot when he was a general and you look at the the dress uniforms of the US Marines for example or or any of the any of them they are longer and they've got a belt and it does feel like well it does feel like that this one isn't quite there and I don't understand why the length would be different for men and women. Because, yeah, like you said, here on, on the Star Trek II uniforms, and yes, this is, you know, this is a costume, but Robert Fletcher designed these for both men and women, and they do the same thing as far as where they fall on the body, on the torso, because the jacket is longer, and you have the belt on the outside, but you see here... Uh, that the belt uh, or the the hem of the jacket goes all the way to to the end of the sleeve on on both of them. I mean, if you look at if you look at various different things, the hem and the sleeve almost are at the same length, and that's not the case here. <laughs> it's it's almost like somebody did. It's almost like two different people took the same design and made the made the outfit from the design, but read the measurements wrong. It's the first episode of Project Runway <laughs> where they get voted <laughs> off. I mean, overall, I like the design, and and yeah, it you know, Cam says the 
the color choices are good. I like the color choices. You've got that dark blue from, you know, being out in space and whatnot. Um, and I'm fine with the gray. Uh, these actually kind of, you know, besides Battlestar Galactica, they're also kind of reminiscent of the of the Royal Manticoran Navy uh, from the Honor Harrington books, uh, which are black. But this could be, you know, maybe this is the Grayson Space Navy. <coughs> what do you think of the collar? Because you've got almost kind of a, a, a Mandarin collar on the jacket, and it looks like it looks like they're wearing a shirt and tie underneath. And I don't know that you necessarily need that. I think it, it would probably look better. That. It probably would look better. Um, probably would look better with maybe a turtleneck underneath, like a mock turtleneck. Possibly. Let me see if I can find a a better. I thought hers was closer. I mean, they've got the rank. You've got the rank pins on the on the. Yeah, that's a that's a pin there on the on the bottom of the, the jacket under the salad bar. Why would that be sitting there? That's a weird position for that. Now here's a photograph from the Expanse. I mean, you see the the same kind of thing in this collar the Mandarin collar comes all the way closed. But that, you know, here's the, here's the Battlestar Galactica thing. And, and, and a lot of people, I see, I don't, I don't see other than where the, where the closure is. This doesn't really represent, this really doesn't resemble the, the Space Force uniform. Of course, you know, you've got... I. It looks more like the Star Trek uniform to me. But it needs a belt. I think maybe that's the thing is. I, I think it needs a belt. Yeah. I don't know. Let me, let me, let me look at something here because I... Um, the... The one, I, I guess maybe it's the thing that I I look at, well, okay, this is the Army, this is the Army service uniform, dress service dress uniform. There's no belt there, but the jacket, you see here with the women, the jacket goes all the way down past the sleeve, same as the men's coats. Why would they do why would they not do that on the Space Force uniforms? That doesn't make any sense. Let's see here. What is the Let's see here. Now the now the dress uniform for the Marines Is this is this the Marines? Who is this? Is this Marines or Army? Now this this one has a belt. Which one? This is Marines, I think, right? Yes. Maser says you want a belt around a pregnant woman's stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's Marines. Okay, so there's the there's the Marine coat, and you see that's that's got a belt. But those jack and those jackets there again, down down to the sleeve length. And let's see, where's where's Navy? What's Navy? Here's 
The army, the army uniform doesn't—they don't have belts. Let me see if I can find the navy. Navy is only important if they're in their dress whites. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is what they need to be doing. Are you ready for this, folks? This is the here's here's the reveal. Here's the reveal. This is what this is what they need to be doing. This should be the Space Force uniform. Oh god. <laughs> okay, I feel like they're going around and opening up their trench coat like you want to watch. You want to watch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is is this China? I don't know. <laughs> uh Yeah. That's that's crazy. All right, so where is I don't see well, here's a here's a new here's a new service dress uniform for the Australian Army, and as you see there, jackets all the way down to the sleeve for for that uniform as well. I don't know. It just it just feels like there's a missed opportunity here because I don't know. I just I just keep going back to this, and I keep thinking. Hers is too long. Or too short, rather. Oh, Major says that was from North Korea before Kim Jong-il died. That one, that one outfit. I don't know. Her jacket's too short. That's, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from this. Because all of the other dress uniforms... For men or women in all the different branches, the jacket goes down past the sleeve, like his does. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me let me ask those of you who are in the chat who are watching this live because this is this is an aesthetic question, uh, just for a moment. Because normally the the stuff that I would have in a mo pulled up in a monitor. For all of you to look at if I'm sharing in this layout here like like you see. Normally that stuff would be on a monitor to my right. Which would have me looking to my right screen left. And I'd actually be looking towards the window where you see the monitor. As opposed to now where it has to be on my left because this monitor over here on my right is not working. Does that, does me, my looking off screen like this is that distracting to anybody at all or is it just me that i'm just i'm just i'm just putting that out there because i'm just noticing this i don't know it just the jacket's too short and it needs a belt it maybe not needs a belt but it's the her jacket is too short it's almost like somebody said couldn't decide between the short waist length or the formal le longer length, so let's split the difference and cut it in the middle. You know? It's it's one of those kind of a half measure thing. And it really does it it really does point to it the attention goes to it because I'm looking at the stripes on the sleeve. The service stripes on the sleeve are right there at the end of her jacket. And they're not on his. It's a very it's a very distinct 
eye-catching, I'm going to notice this because it looks odd kind of thing. And yeah, she needs she needs better fitting pants. It looks like she's it looks like she's wearing men's trousers that are a size too big for her. I don't know. If she's she's like she's a in petite there, in a regular. Kinda, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Cam says watching this has turned me into a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, okay. On that note, let's, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, um, a new development in, let me see if I'm going to do that. When we get back, a new development in what apparently has become a thing for, uh, Anavos. I did not know that Anavos apparently has been by the wayside but we're going to be taking a look because a new company might be coming in to take over the business and we're going to talk about that when we get back right after this stand by this is sci-fi for me radio be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast well, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's an interesting question. I think it's a big question. It's a good question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. It's an interesting question <laughs> you're asking. You know, you ask very good questions, <laughs> but you, you ask such a perceptive, it's an excellent question. Now you've put your finger on, <laughs> uh, you've put your finger on exactly the heart of the book here. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here. How's everybody doing? Little jazz. Alright, so the discussion of uniforms, of course, always dovetails into cosplay because cosplayers are very good at pointing out various different aspects of uniforms and outfits and and such and I ran across this uh, story here on Trekcore this is um, let's turn that music down just a little bit this is a story on TrekCore.com. It is an article uh, by Alex Perry, uh, dated September 22nd. So this came yesterday. Headline, for Star Trek fans, will Daniel Novo be an Anavos do-over? Uh, Anavos, of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a very expensive high-end, screen-accurate costume company. Uh, they are known for their Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek and Star Wars uniforms and costumes that are probably the, the most screen-accurate. At one point, they had a reputation that they were the most screen-accurate retail costumes that you could get. 
Um, and as such, of course, they're very, 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 very not cheap. And over the last few years, they have fallen behind on delivery of, of uh, orders and and a lot of people have been frustrated not only at the price of the costumes, but the fact that so many things are delayed and on back order and they never get shipped and they never get delivered. But now we've got this new company and apparently it looks like some of the people from Anavos are over at this new company, but they're saying that they're not related companies. Uh, from from the article, Star Trek fans with open orders from Anavos, the longtime Star Trek high-end costume licensee, who's been frustrating its customers with lengthy fulfillment delays to the point of class action lawsuits, face new complications as the company appears at first glance to have closed its doors. But as with everything in the Anavos story, it may not quite be that simple. Trek Corps has learned that key staff have moved on to other professional opportunities, and now the Anavos website is now automatically redirecting to a new company, Denuo Novo, which launched as a subsidiary of National Entertainment Collectibles Association, NECA, which makes action, fig- excuse me, makes action figures and collectible figures, uh, on August 18th. NECA owns Loot Crate, uh, and it says here that if you, if you go click, I don't know. Is this a new company or not? Because Denuo Novo has announced they've taken over Anavos's Star Wars license and will begin fulfilling back orders for customers who have purchased Star Wars merchandise, but they haven't said anything about Star Trek. They were asked about the Star Trek license, and apparently this is something that apparently is still in in discussion, I guess. Mark Van Olen, who is Daniel Novo's brand licensing manager, he did an interview on the Jedi News podcast in August, and he says, quote, Daniel Novo has the license for Star Wars replica costumes, high-end collectibles, and the like, which Anavos used to have, and as part of us taking on that license, we are fulfilling the back order left behind from Anavos. So... This is, this is one of those things where you look at the argument that the, that the Walt Disney Company made with regard to paying, uh, paying tie-in writers their royalties. You remember that? And that's still an ongoing thing where Disney was sitting there going, well, we bought, we bought the company, we bought Lucasfilm, but we didn't buy any obligation to pay anybody who's written for Lucasfilm before. You remember all of that argument because we, we, bought, the, we bought the business, we didn't buy their obligations. Well, this sounds like Daniel Novo is taking on Anavos's obligations, which would make you think that it's part of, or at least an extension of, or an offshoot of Anavos. Especially if you've got people from Anavos who are part of this, this new company. Uh, and back in the article, while Daniel Novo declined to comment to Trek Corps about whether they were directly pursuing the Star Trek license, their team has been responding to some former Anavos customers' requests for information. Uh, it says here, uh, quote, We would love to be able to add the Star Trek license so we can help those customers with their orders, a Daniel Novo customer service representative told Star Trek.com contributor Ryan T. Riddle by email recommending that fans waiting on Anavos Star Trek products 
reach out to your credit card company about a refund on your Star Trek order. So they can do the they can fulfill the back order on Star Wars, but not Star Trek because apparently they don't have the license yet. Okay, and Robert, uh, better late than never. Welcome, good to see you there. Uh, it says here, uh, reading here still, quote, people have asked numerous times, are we Anavos? We are not, said Van Olen in his podcast interview. We are new, but we do have their liability that we are fulfilling as we move forward with this license. He's talking about the Star Wars license. So if they're fulfilling someone else's responsibility, the question is, how are those two businesses connected? How is Duono, du, du, what is it called? Duen, Denuo Novo. How are they connected to Anavos? Are they connected to Anavos? He says they're not. But if they're taking on Anavos's liability, did they buy Anavos? Or are they just buying the license from, the, see, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Daniel Novo's customer service team insists that it is not a successor company to Anavos, nor did they buy what remains of Anavos, but that has not stopped fans from asking questions, at least about the choice of names for the company, which strongly implies that it is an Anavos successor. Okay, but it doesn't look like the Star Trek license belongs to anybody at this point so that's the question of what's going to happen with all of the Star Trek back order or anything else Battlestar Galactica or anything else that Anavos was doing uh, because they had their hands in a lot of different pies uh, when Trek Corps reached out to Anavos's customer service email which is still active as of this writing we were told that the company is undergoing a reorganization and that quote this lengthy multi-month expansive change is almost complete and will herald a new day in reaffirmation of our objectives in the fulfillment of your order. Their support person indicated a definite update would be provided in September, but when pushed further about whether Denio, Novo, or Anavos would end up fulfilling orders placed by Star Trek fans, Anavos indicated that was still under discussion. Viacom CBS declined to comment on the matter. I have a thought. What if? Hey, this is the what if thought. What if uh, Anavos being as high-end expensive as they are, what if they ran into a situation where they overextended themselves in their obligations and their costs? We saw this with Diamond Comics distributors during the pandemic when they sat there and said, we can't deliver anything and we can't pay our bills and everybody is just going to have to sit and wait for us. What if... Anavos got overextended and the complaints were such and the lawsuit today, the lawsuit, you know, the class action lawsuit and everything did a number on them to the point where Anavos had to possibly declare bankruptcy. That's speculation. I don't know. I, I don't want anybody taking me out of context and say, hey, he, he said Anavos is bankrupt. I didn't say that. I mean, just I'm I'm spitballing here. If Anavos has to go through some sort of a corporate reorganization through either bankruptcy or something else, 
And if a number of people from the staff of Anavos went and set up this new company, what if it's you're not running this business right, we're going to go set up shop someplace else. What if Daniel Novo is not a successor to Anavos? What if it's a competitor to Anavos? You've got frustrated staff that leave. Now again, this is speculation. People who are frustrated that said, you guys aren't doing this right. You're not treating the customers right. We're going to go over here and set up our own shop and we're going to take over and we're going to do it right. Is could that be the case? Maybe. <coughs> Excuse me. From the article, all I know is that discussions are going on are ongoing between Anavos and Daniel Novo regarding those items. Anavos customer service representative told TrekCore. Once there is something more definitive. Hopefully before end of this September, as previously indicated, the pertinent details will be announced, thus lending greater clarity and a path forward. It sounds like... It sounds like Anavos had a divorce. That's what this sounds like. This sounds like they're, nego they're negotiating who gets what in the split. That's a guess... It's a complete guess on my part, but that's what it sounds like. All right, you take Battlestar Galactica, we'll take Star Trek, you take Star Wars, we'll take Space 1999, you take this, I'll take that. That's what it sounds like. But Anavos has a lot of catching up to do, especially in the realm of Star Trek uniforms, but also a lot of other things. So we'll keep an eye on this. We'll see, and I, mean, I, I may reach out to both companies and see if maybe we could get some interviews and see what's going on and talk to people. And instead of me just sitting here guessing, reach out to them and see if they will talk to us. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, as we have been pretty much all the time this hour, uh, I just got in my possession a review, the review copy of Star Trek A Celebration. This is from Hero Collector. Uh, written by Ian Spelling. He of uh, Starlog lore. He was a contributor to Starlog. We interviewed him as part of our Starlog tribute. So I'm going to break this bad boy open and take a look and do a review. And at some point, why don't I go ahead and unwrap it. At some point... In the next few days, I am actually going to post my review of Batman: The Long Halloween Part Two. Uh, I've been I've been picking at it. I, I'm not. I have to do a better job of disciplining myself <clears throat> to get something done that's unpleasant because the Long Halloween. The animation adaptation of The Long Halloween, parts one and two, did not impress me. I'm not, I'm not a fan. By themselves, if it was just an original animated story, it'd be fine. But it changes too much of the book. It changes too much of the story in the book for me to sit there and go, yeah, this is pretty good. Because every change kicks me out of the story. I was like, that's not in the book. 
that's not in the book. I mean, there's there's entire scenes in the film that are not in the book. And they don't belong in the film. And entire story threads are different. If you're going to adapt a story, tell the story. Tell it. Tell the story as best you can in the new medium to which you're adapting the story. I get that you're not going to be able to do everything the exact same way. But Catwoman's motivation in the film, completely different and dumb. Changes in characters, changes in story arcs. Uh, it, if I hadn't read the book, if the book didn't exist, if this was just standalone by itself, okay, it's not bad. But as an adaptation, it sucks because it changes too much. All right, so I have opened, I have unwrapped my Star Trek Celebration book. And apparently, this has got some stuff in it that has never before been seen. I saw James Colley posting over on uh, over on Facebook. He's had James had a, a, a personal knowledge friendship with uh, with Bill Tice, who was the costume director for the original Star Trek, and James has various different items from Bill Tice's collection of designs and sketches and, you know, costume fabric swatches and all sorts of things. So James was able to provide some stuff for this book that has never been seen before with regard to costumes. So I'm looking forward to breaking into this and really kind of seeing where, where everything is. And because this is another one of those, you know, retrospectives, on the original Star Trek, the real Star Trek. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to dig into that, and I will get a review posted as soon as I can. We've also got some copies to give away, and I think we're going to do that in October at Fountain City Minicon uh, here in the Kansas City area. It's going to be over in Lenexa. Okay, so that's going to do it for us today. I do appreciate everybody stopping by. Don't forget to check out my conversation with Perch yesterday about the uh, comics industry. And we just barely scratched the surface yesterday because Perch had some other commitments that he had to get to. But he is going to be back. We are talking about some other stuff. So uh, that will not be the only time Perch is on the channel. We're looking forward to another conversation with him soon. And let's see, what have I got going next week? We got a new H2O Monday night. We got Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday. Lots of stuff going on around here. If you've got suggestions for topics or guests, let us know in the comments or send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. And we'll do this all again next week. Remember, there are four lights this has been a presentation of sci-fi for me radio copyright 2021 by flaming dog media llc all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of flaming dog media